Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 44. Look at those lazy buckeyes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Big Chill Podcast. For all our new listeners, please be sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It'd be very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. We're now posting some really nice stuff, uh, some funny quotes I think you guys will enjoy. So let's say hello to the boys. Eddie, I'm going to start with you and I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want me to discuss point one or point two I have for how I want to rip into you? Because there's two of them. Point one, please. Okay, point one. So I've heard from some of our more dedicated listeners that they are calling complete bullshit that you could sit in the ring for more than 15 seconds with Floyd Mayweather and that by the time you swung your arm to hit him once, he'd have hit you five times in the face and in the chin and you'd be done. (laughs) I mean... Well, they do not respect the fact that you think you can sit in a ring with a person who spent his entire career on being one of the greatest pound for pound boxers in the history of boxing. Well, my counter to that would be police reports would say there's some women that have hung in a ring with Floyd Mayweather for at least 15 seconds. So I'm going to give myself a better chance than, than, than uh, some listeners might. As I, I say again, I, I'm not claiming that I'm going to win. Uh, I just wouldn't be terrified of the by the prospect. And I think, look, we're talking about Floyd Mayweather now, not Floyd Mayweather in his prime. And it's also just knowing what his knockout power is. So it wouldn't be pretty. And I know I would get hit a lot, but I think I could withstand it for a decent period of time. What would the previous experiences that you have in the bars of Paris <laughs> well I mean I've been in fights in my time I've uh, never been knocked out <laughs> so but these are I French mean, people undefe- undefeated street brawler I'm not sure I'd give myself the undefeated tag um, no he's lost- definitely not <laughs> undefeated I can <laughs> I vouch for that <laughs> I might have lost story. by deci- I might have lost by decision in a few of them, but there was definitely no uh, knockouts or TKOs in any of them. Sam, what's your take on this? How'd you get TKO'd in a street fight? That would be quite an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if someone, if you were down on the ground and someone stopped in, stepped in to stop it out of fear that you were going to get hurt, I guess you could call that a street brawl TKO. I mean, what's so my is take it, on it? I mean, it's is is a street brawl knockout than just death? <laughs> no, that's just getting literally <laughs> knocked out. <laughs> but then they would happen. stop. <laughs> well, not necessarily, I guess. But no, my point is more like if you just take a beating and they go right, this is over. Like this is so one sided, we're done. That's TKO in a street fight. If you literally get knocked out unconscious that's a knockout i mean street fighting knockout is gonna hurt more because you fall you're not onto like a soft ring you are straight down on hard pavement or road exactly so if anything i might be favorite <laughs> oh so if we take mayweather out of the ring and you just yeah, met him in like streets. say yeah. you know like 
you know, Mayweather will have like Vegas as his home fight. Oh, I would say in a street outside fight. Bugsies. No, in a street fight, I kick the shit out of him. Wait, 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 I love this confidence. This wait. is the same guy who told me a story that he got pummeled by three little French dudes. No, no, no. Hold on a second. For starters, you don't know the size of those guys. None of them were little. They were all bigger than you. But the, Ooh, no, no that's, not a, that's not a size knock on Frank. I'm just saying they were all bigger. Um, the the. And that was because I, the fight was in a bar. And I first started by saying, I don't want to fight. <laughs> like, don't do anything stupid. I don't want to fight. And then proceeded to have five guys just punch me. There was, I wasn't going to win from that standpoint. The thing, looking back on it, the thing that I did was dumb, was it was clear at a certain moment in time the fight was going to happen. And I proceeded to try and defuse the situation when I should have just realized they're about to punch me. I need to punch them first. As opposed to just walk away from it. Yeah, no... I thought he was going to say, I was going to say, I could have just left the situation. There, there's a moment in time when you, it's 5v1. You can't just walk. You can't be like, well, thank you guys for this wonderful evening. I'll be seeing you. I think you need to try it if it's never happened. Next, yeah, I'll do that. I'll turn my back on them. That could Kill them us. with kindness. Kill yes. them with kindness. Okay, I'll try that with Floyd. Should have offered them a beer. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, one of our listeners was holding on to mine. So, wow, he sounds like he was a great help in that fight. <laughs> Eddie, I held your beer the whole time you got your ass kicked. Don't worry, it didn't spill. <laughs> no, it was even better. I mean, it was a quite a large scuffle, shall we say? It in the, in the end must have involved around ten to twelve people. It took. Uh, I mean, a minute to 90 seconds, which in terms of bar fight length of time, it's actually pretty long. It sounds short, right? But actually people throwing punches, it's a pretty long time. And then Austin, who's the listener in question, just kind of reappeared after all of this had happened. And he was like, what What happened? I was like, yeah, that did the fight? You didn't see it? He's like, no, what, what happened? It's like, oh, God. Wait, where was he? Was he in like the bathroom? Like, I think he went to dance or something. I'm not really <laughs> sure where he went. <laughs> I don't know. Unclear. But I had given him my beer moments before everything started because I said to him, Austin, you need to hold my beer. And he was like, why? And I was like, because there's about to be a fight and I'm going to need both of my hands. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, just trust me, hold my beer. And then a second later, I get hit and he's gone. <laughs> I like how, I mean, obviously, if that's the sto way the story went, at no point did he take any of the obvious, they weren't even hints. You were very no, no, I was really direct. I was really, I told him exactly what was about to happen. And he took, he did take hold of my beer and then he disappeared and then he reappeared afterwards. And I don't mean this as a criticism of him not having my back. I just mean it was amazing. He'd clearly somehow managed to just avoid the entire situation. Trying oh, to think, so I, I actually, I think in like our time as friends, I don't think I've actually seen you properly brawl. I've seen you like almost and diffuse and, you know, get in like a, like a shouting match or something like that. But I'm trying to think of your brawler style and I'm trying to like, there's, there seems to be a cross between kind of like Godzilla swatting planes <laughs> and someone spinning around with like the helicopter arms. <laughs> like, Wait, hold on. No, no, no. Don't, <laughs> don't kill me with the idea that I just like just randomly wailing on people. 
Would you would you adopt like a style? Would you put your fists up? Like what's the Would yeah, you put, put your fists up? <laughs> yeah, like some like nineteen twenties. Yeah, bar, Queensbury like, rules. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> ah, you have that, yeah. Are you having a bully day? Exactly, From the way yeah. Eddie told me this story, it didn't sound like he got his hands up much. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see five guys start hitting you, Frank, and I'd love to try break down your technique step by step, because this is how the technique goes. Guy number one hits you, guy number two hits you, and then you realize I'm in big trouble. That's the, that's the sequence. This isn't some Bruce Lee movie. That's the sequence that plays out in your mind the moment you start to realize it's 5v1. I like how I've you seen Born Identity. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that related to this subject, or are you just making a statement? Yeah, no, he's just, well, yeah, <laughs> I, he's also seen Elf. <laughs> uh, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. All right. What's point number two? Point number two, I got ripped on for putting my dog in a bow tie for his birthday. And then I see on Eddie on the Instagram feed, he recently got third place in a baby pool contest. <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait, this isn't ripping on me. This is actually ripping on someone else's baby is what you're doing. No, it's ripping on you for participating in the baby pool contest. So for context, I attended a baby shower, a virtual baby shower. And as part of the virtual baby shower, they asked people to predict the size and weight of the baby that was Jew. So I gave a guess. That was Jew? That was, yeah, Jew to be born. Oh, do. Okay. And and my guess oh, finished we're not third. Unpack that. <laughs> yeah, my guess finished third. I don't know what's the embarrassing in the part on my. Should I have told them this is a stupid idea? Get away from me! <laughs> did you go? Yep. Did you go big baby? Um, no, not particularly. I can't actually even remember what the guess was, but no, it wasn't particularly big. What do you get as third place? We get baby. a mystery cameo so they are going to provide like a cameo message so the the online service cameo where you can pay celebrities to record a message for someone yeah they are going to they are going to get a mystery cameo and send it uh, with a with a special message legitimately about two weeks ago i'd looked on that for paul collingwood (laughs) and he's (laughs) on it and no he's not on it sadly there is some good people on it but should we just start investing? Should we just start looking for some of the biggest stars and start investing really heavily so we can call them as like cam like a podcast guests? Like if we get if we get a person to pre-record maybe like 55 messages, we can like splice, <laughs> we can like splice it into an episode. That would be really good. The cameo kind of reminds me of what uh me, you, and Tim had discussed at one time that it would be cool if there was an app or something like that where you could challenge athletes to something and then they can respond and like do said challenge and compare it to like their time or your time. Like for instance, if you want to challenge Michael Johnson right now in the hundred meter dash and then like Floyd, you film yourself Floyd running Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather to a bar fight. Um, yeah. That'd Mayweather. be difficult. Cause you have to get together to do it. A lot of them you could just do like one spot in the other. I just want you to know that Floyd Mayweather is £749.25. So if you legitimately want that to happen, we'll have to do a crowdfund. 
but it could oh, happen. I thought for a second I thought you were talking about his weight. I was like, oh, I'm no. Guy's <laughs> no, got, no, what no, what are you talking, talking about? He's talking about pounds. British pound for sterling for, for cameo. For cameo. Oh, he's on cameo. Yeah. So is Drew Brees. Oh, we could get Drew Brees to record some great messages. Hey, Drew, what do you think about black people? <laughs> you could do. You could almost do like a higher, lower game, couldn't you? With this, like you could do Floyd Mayweather is seven hundred and fifty. Is Drew Brees higher or lower? I would say lower. he's higher. He is lower. He is four hundred and twelve pound fifty. So that's five hundred dollars, right? If we're trying yeah. to convert this into, and that's into for this. how much you get. How much you get of them? I think it's a minute, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like thirty seconds to a minute. I think it depends on on what what you ask them to say and how nice they are. Because sometimes I've seen recordings of them and people go way over because they're just pleasant. And then yeah. some other people are just like, oh, you wanted me to wish a happy birthday to Frank? Happy birthday, Frank. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You can get Mick Foley for 71 pounds. <laughs> I mean, there's some really sad ones out there where you wonder if anyone is ever asking them to, to record it. Yeah, I've never gotten anyone to ask me yet. <laughs> Still waiting on my first cameo. Any um, is there a third point by any chance that you want to rip into me on, or just there the actually two? is a third point? I just remembered. Okay, go so for I, it. I, <laughs> this is actually a pretty funny one. <laughs> so I talked to Abe the other day. Um, for our listeners who are new and don't know, we had told a previous story about our friend Abe, uh, who dressed up as a cowboy for Halloween one year and was running through the streets of Paris in his cowboy outfit. But he said he had a dream with you in it. And in said dream, you were guest bartending at the bar across their street. And Aaron, his wife, had left her jacket at the bar. So he went back to the bar to ask for her jacket. And you said, yeah, man, no problem. I got it right here. But it's going to be $150. <laughs> And he said, why? Why do I got to fade? He goes, you said, hey, man, I'm sorry. That's just the rule of the bar. And I can't break the rule. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I can't give this to you until you give me 150 bucks. So I don't know what that says about what he thinks about you. Either he thinks you're really straight edge and stick to the rules or he thinks you're a prick. <laughs> well, I can tell you in all my time working in bars, as he, I never once charged anyone to get an item back that they left left behind but uh yeah i don't know what that says about what abe thinks of me but then also i give absolutely no credence to dreams really? I'm, on record. Also... I'm on record as being i never want to hear your dream story <laughs> <laughs> like, i literally Fine. never no i don't mean this specific to you frank or sam <laughs> I mean, I mean, wow <laughs> I mean, in general, to me, like when someone's trying to tell you their dream, they might as well just be telling you. So I had this imaginary thought the other day, and I think it's imaginary and fascinating. Let me tell you about it. It's like, I don't care. I don't care what your brain managed to think up. Oh, wow. I think you'd make a fantastic therapist. I would do. <laughs> some people should thank me because I'd save them some time and money. Oh, can we analyze your dreams? No, I don't care. We'll keep that short there. I've just saved you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You're healed. <laughs> yeah. It did remind me, though, of the Tim story with his jacket at the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was um, a difficult one to retell if you don't know Tim. But 
we do have a history of someone losing a jacket and no one was charged for it. Well, I guess technically, Frank, well, you were Well, someone were paid the price for it. <laughs> well, yeah, we both paid the price in his anger and the mood that it created for the rest of the evening. And I guess, Frank, you were kind of charged for it because you had to pay for him the rest of the night and the next day, including for his lunch for reasons unknown. Oh, wait, so his wallet was in the jacket or did he just lose his jacket and it's like, I don't want to pay anymore? <laughs> no, his wallet was in his... Because, you know, when you leave your jacket behind the bar, you leave all your valuable goods with it just in case. <laughs> so, so, Sam, I guess since we haven't really heard from you, I've got an icebreaker question for you. Fire away. Would you rather be a dolphin or a shark? Can I... Any Is it any particular type of shark or just... Yeah, any particular type of shark. Go on. <laughs> like I think you have to like answer, Sam. To this. No, but I thought you were going to have like a Sam follow-up. Sam does this. All, whenever I ask him an icebreaker question, he never answers. It's he so waits panicked. for someone else to I'm answer. so panicked. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a dolphin. Intelligence over power. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, I'm going to go with a dolphin. They just seem more fun as well. Like... I've swum with dolphins. It's great fun. Sharks, very independent. I'm not going to get anywhere near one. It's going to be crap. So I'd like to interact with humans. So therefore, I'm going to go. Wait, why are you, hold on a second. Why are you, why are you never going to get, like, I, I mean, I don't mean that I got a fear. You don't think sharks interact with each other at all? I don't know. I just feel like they're quite lonely creatures. I think it depends on the... Do you have like a pack of sharks? I don't really know. Yeah, sure. You always see those videos where there's just like a swarm of sharks, like in a certain area. But is that just because they smell a bit of blood? Like, is that really, are they there? Like, are they hanging out? And have they had a good time before and said, let's go over here now? Or is it just because there's blood and then it's like every shark for himself? I don't know if this podcast has to cross the line into like speculative animal. <laughs> animal I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like they're pretty solitary, but they can probably come together at certain points, like in a feeding frenzy or something. But you don't I usually see packs of sharks. I think at a certain uh, species of shark, you definitely, they definitely exist in packs. Like a whale shark. I think whale sharks are pretty solitary. <laughs> I love this. This is the most speculative we've ever been on this podcast. <laughs> there is absolutely no concrete data going into this no. conversation. I have very little information either. It's I think like, my learning my learning about sharks stopped when I was like eight years old. So it's not it's not great. I was gonna say my expertise is I I'm in the field of science and, and I live on the ocean when I was younger. I was going to say, you live in Arizona, Frank. If you think you live on the ocean, we mean the money to start there. The answer is dolphin, Frank. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go with the dolphin. Now our listeners have a glimpse into, into your personal side. I mean, I knew you would say dolphin. I knew you would too. <laughs> Why? Just you seem like a dolphin guy. Just... <laughs> it's true. I mean, do not we, gonna do say we know, what that, I mean, not going to say what that means, but you just, I knew 100%. If I'd had to have bet my life, I would have been very confident that you were going to answer dolphin. Okay. Speaking of dolphins. Oh, how, what a transition. Yeah, I don't do these, and I just saw it light up. It was almost like, now we know what, it's now almost we know like why we have rehearsed this. <laughs> hey, that was not a bad one. That is an obvious one. 
So speaking of the Dolphins, did you catch the Chiefs-Dolphins games? Did you watch that one? I did, yes. I did as well. Did we enjoy the Mahomes first half performance? For a while, it looked like the Frank, the Duke of Curse was kicking in on Mahomes. I mean, it was arguably it's the worst start of his career, even though he ended up throwing for quite a number of yards. And like on paper, it doesn't look that bad. It might be the worst start of his career. But yeah, I mean, he had two picks and he had that really bad sack, the 30 yard sack. Yeah, whatever, whatever. When he decided he was playing Madden for a second yeah. like that was definitely a Madden play it's crazy <laughs> yeah. like oh i'm gonna get sacked i should just get no i'm gonna get a 30 yard sack here this is, <laughs> yeah this i'm gonna sense. try and run away in that really long arced loop that we do in madden that usually works <laughs> yeah. with multiple players chasing me too so even if i get to pass one i'm i'm gonna have to get by the rest i thought actually overall i mean i don't really know how the final score ended up being quite as close as it was. Um, But I think the Dolphins, given the injuries they have offensively, would be really happy with how they managed to kind of hang with the Chiefs, even though that game wasn't like the for the third and fourth quarter of the game was clearly over. I think still they'll be pleased. They'll walk away with that thinking. If we had to play the Chiefs in the playoffs, we give ourselves a chance. Yeah, so I, I have a positive and a negative if I were the Chiefs taking away from that game. I think the negative is <clears throat> this is now, I want to say probably the third time this season I've seen them take a pretty aggressive lead and then just completely sit on it and rely on a defense that you cannot rely on. I don't know how many times they're going to think their defense can stop someone, but they can't. They can't. You As a Chiefs team, you just have to run up the score as much as possible. You can't get up three scores and then say, all right, we're just going to get a little conservative, do some run plays, some, some, you know, like small passes, nothing crazy because you never know. And it happened again, this game to an offense that's okay, not phenomenal. And they just let them back in the game. So I think they really need to work on that and just go full throttle four quarters. But the positive I take away from this is looking at the stats in this game, it makes it hard for me to believe how you can beat the Chiefs. They had four three and outs and four turnovers in one game. So that's eight opportunities that you gave them the ball and then got it basically right back. And they still put up 33 points. And that's after taking their foot off the gas in the second half. So, I mean, if you're getting, let's say, eight good stops on them, and you still can't beat them. And I mean, the score was closer than the game actually was. Uh, it's, I, I think it's just going to be really tough to beat them. Um, I mean, yes and no. The difference is that kind of, I would combine your two points, which is the Dolphins didn't take advantage of the Chiefs' slow start. So fine. I mean, the Chiefs didn't score in the first quarter and the Dolphins had the ball quite a lot in the first half and they only scored 10 points. Now this, I think that game would have, I think the chiefs would have lost if, if instead the Dolphins had scored 21 in the first half. Like, I think that, I think the Dolphins, I mean, the chiefs are known to come back from things like that. I mean, they did it all playoffs last year. Yeah. I mean, they've also lost, right? Like one game in what? 18 games. Well, they lost last year too. They weren't undefeated last year. So it's not, I mean, but you have to, you know, you can't, 
you can't have the other team. You can't have the team that's clearly better than you be sloppy and have a slow start and not punish them for it. And fundamentally, the Dolphins didn't really punish the Chiefs for their poor play. They stopped them from scoring, but then they didn't really score themselves. So I am... Um, the more this, the more I see of the Chiefs, I actually think the more beatable they are. But I, and again, they still are Super Bowl favorites, and they might be the best team in the league. But I, I look at it and I see weaknesses. I see weaknesses in their defense. I see weaknesses in their running game, which has just fallen off a cliff. So, like that would concern me going into the playoffs. Like everyone coming into this year was talking about how adding the rookie running back that they added was going to just be the final piece, you know, the final piece in the puzzle in terms of making their offense just historically the best of all time. And then now, now it's like, well, their running game probably needs some work. Yeah. I mean, I think Tyree Kill led the game yesterday and rushing yards for them. <laughs> but I mean, well, I, I guess kind of what I'm just saying is even with eight times of them being shut down and not getting anything, they still put up 33 points, you know, like, and I think, what scares me about them is especially Mahomes, they're just really good at watching away the pass and completely forgetting it and then just building off of like the next drive, the next drive. Like he came out and threw two shitty interceptions really early. And then next series, he's just throwing deep bombs still. Like it doesn't phase them. And I and I think a lot of that's actually Andy Reid is just aggressive as a play caller and doesn't doesn't dwell on like their past drives very much, which is good. I mean, you see a lot of quarterbacks that would have gotten into their head and they would have had a pretty poor game. Yeah. Now look, it's one thing. I mean, the argument, the argument against what I'm about to say is what they did last year in the playoffs, but it's one thing to do that in a regular season game against the dolphins when you're, you know, nine and one, whatever they are now, uh, we're 11 and one, 11 and one at the time, you know, facing the prospect of just being 11 and two different in the playoffs. And okay. They did that last year in the playoffs, but sooner or later it will come back to bite them. Like you can't just rely on the fact of we're going to be so much better than, than, and then every team in the second half that the first half almost doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that's what their attitude is, but they are going to dig themselves a hole that they can't get out of sooner or later. Well, the real talking about, about, about that game, though, is, though, right, that they are now the one seed in the AFC, which kind of didn't look like it was going to happen. The fact that over the past few days, they've gone from probably being resigned to being the two seed to now being almost certain to be the one seed uh, is, is a pretty, pretty seismic shift in the prospect for, not for the Chiefs, because they would have, I don't think it would have changed much if they'd had to play a first round game. They would have been heavy favorites against whoever they were going to play. But definitely for the Steelers, this totally changes their outlook in terms of their odds of making the Super Bowl. Can, can I pull the Stephen A. Smith? Uh, sure. I told you so. I told you the Steelers are the most overrated team in the oh NFL. You don't get to. You don't get to call this. <laughs> you don't get to call this. <laughs> I told even, you they'd be lucky if they even make the playoffs at this point. Stephen A. Smith, even Stephen <laughs> A. Smith would be embarrassed to try and spin that one. But speaking of teams, actually, before we get into the Steelers or anything else, speaking of teams that you have liked all year and you have defended, the Texans once again looked Oof. very bad. Terrible. And also last week you asked us, 
if you flipped Trubisky and you got the stat, you know what? No, no, no. I, I wrote that down. I said, I, one of my notes for today was how many wins would the Texans have if Trubisky was playing for them? <laughs> right. And now let's take a look. Career starting records as quarterbacks. After yesterday, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is now 28 and 22 in his career. After, after yesterday, Mitch Trubisky is now 27 and 20 in his career. So virtually, virtually identical, but a, t- a slight edge on percentage to Trubisky as things stand. Doesn't look so great for Watson, it has to be said. Now, I'm not going to like suddenly throw him in the garbage heap because of, because of this season, but there gets to a moment in time where it can't just be the fact that he doesn't have things around him. Like a really good quarterback would just drag you to more wins than this. Yeah, but I mean, Trubisky is an extreme case, no? He's playing with a team that has a notoriously great defense for the past four or five years. I, I would say that their defense probably lets up, what, seven points less than the Texans' defense over those years as a starter. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to do research. I don't know. I mean, I mean Watson, like- Watson has definitely had seasons where he's played with very good Texans' defenses. Maybe one. <laughs> and more to the point, he's played with, let's not forget, he played with DeAndre Hopkins, which now all of a sudden was such a huge game changer. Now I'm not knocking this. I thought we discussed it preseason. It was a ridiculous trade, but it's been the game-changing piece being added to the Cardinals, supposedly, and yet it it just helped uh, Deshaun Watson be a 500 quarterback. <laughs> well, that's what's helping Kyler Murray do. <laughs> yeah, also true. Yeah, I did. I did have that though on my notes. I thought that was so funny watching that game. I and it's that's one of those ones that's really annoying because that was more offense than they've had in the past four weeks combined. And I don't know if I can attribute that to to Mitch Trubisky, although he did play well. His numbers suggested, but I didn't really watch much of that. I was more glued on the Chiefs game and the Giants, which was a very disappointing performance in classic Giants fashion. They give you just this tiny bit of hope and then it all comes crashing down with an absolutely pitiful, pitiful performance. Yeah. They were, abs- it pit- they were never in that game. Yeah. Pitiful, pitiful it, mixture of the two. Yeah. It was a pitiful performance. Yeah. I mean, what was it like under a hundred passing under a hundred rushing? It was, there was just nothing going on for him. Yeah. And I guess what bothers me is afterwards they asked Joe judge, you know, like, why did you put Daniel Jones in? And he said, well, you know, he's our starter. We knew he wasn't going to be 100%. We knew he wasn't going to be able to run the offense he normally runs. I mean, if that's the case, if if the guy, if the reason Daniel Jones has played well at points this season is because he's able to get out of the pocket, rush for first downs, you know, ec- extend a drive with his legs, things like that. I mean, if you watch him as a sit in a, pack sit in the pocket passer he's just gonna fumble and throw interceptions that's the worst part of his game you know and so why would you limit him to his worst part of his game and it showed i think he fumbled the ball three times in the first half one only one was actually turned over but he did not look good he he couldn't move out of the pocket he got stacked every other drive every other play almost it was a mess so i don't know why you put him in there if it's just for him to fail yeah it's a tough one 
I don't think they would have won with Colt McCoy. So, I mean, we all picked, I guess with the exception of you, Frank, but Sam and I picked the Cardinals there. I was pretty confident the Cardinals, just that the firepower the Cardinals have was going to mean that the Giants weren't going to be able to keep up, no matter whether it was Jones or, or McCoy playing for them. So you were kind of lose-lose if you're Joe Judge, because if you don't bring Daniel Jones back and then Colt McCoy starts and then they lose badly, and then people say, oh, really? So you got a playoff chance and your starter is healthy and you're not bringing him back in? Either what does that mean for Daniel Jones's future as a giant because you're not giving him the opportunity to try and get this team to the playoffs? Or what does that say about you as a coach in terms of your decision-making abilities? Like the safer option was to let Daniel Jones start. And then if he plays badly and loses, he plays badly and loses. I mean, right. what was that? Like eight so, okay. sacks, right? It was like eight sacks in the game. So that's not all Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, okay, not getting it off is right. But simultaneously, there was absolutely no protection for him in that game. Like Against a not so very I, good Cardinals defense. I, I guess more to that point, though, if if this is your first half stat line, fumble by Daniel Jones, for that was a 14-yard drive, punt, 7-yard drive, punt, 12-yard drive, punt, 3-yard drive, punt 20 yard drive punt two yard drive at the end of the half then do you make the change i mean he literally had what 40 yards of offense in the whole certain moment in at a certain moment in time you have to think beyond the game you're playing and you kind of have to think about it as anyone managing a person right which is if i pull daniel jones now what did the what's the effect that this could have on his confidence what message does it send to the rest of the team like you're not pulling, if you're a genuine starter and this, your job is not up for question, you're not getting pulled at halftime because of a bad performance. But what if like you were t- already slightly injured though? That's the thing you could argue that he was already kind of injured. You put him in there. He clearly wasn't a hundred percent, couldn't move around, couldn't do anything. Well, you've made the decision that he's healthy enough. I guess at some point you're asking him, do you feel, do you feel you can continue? If the guy says yes, then and look, the game wasn't over. Yeah, and that's why I think it would have been better to pull him because it wasn't over. If, but then you get yourself into a QB controversy. I don't because think if you so. Bring, you just if say you, bring, you pulled him because he was hurt still. But if you bring Colt McCoy and he wins, this is, the, this is the Trubisky. We saw this play out with the Chicago Bears early this season, this exact scenario almost. And you, you, so you bring Colt McCoy and he wins, which probably wouldn't have happened, but just say it does then how can you not start Colt McCoy the following game? I mean, I think if he just comes back and he's healthy 100% and he can move around, then that's different. But I, I just, after watching that first half, it was extremely clear um, that he just wasn't 100%. And when his best attribute is his legs right now, because he can escape the pocket, he can you know get those first downs. He's not a great sit back pocket passer right now. That's what he needs to improve upon the most. And if you put him at 75% of that, of what he normally is, it was a mess. I don't disagree with you, but I just think at a certain moment, you got to look at the bigger picture beyond a single game. Well, I guess going from that not so great quarterback performance and non-switch to a team that did switch their QB in the NFC East and is now back in the hunt, You've got Jalen Hurts leading the Eagles to a nice win over the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel sorry for Carson Wentz. I mean, 
which is that, tough about someone earning the amount of money that Carson Wentz is earning because I'll switch places with Carson Wentz. Like, but I do feel bad for him. I mean, Hurts didn't do much, right? It was a completely no. rushing dominated performance. I think they put up like 250 or something near that in rushing. And it was only it was only two players, what was it, like Sanders and Hurts did a load of running as well. But he didn't have to do anything except run to beat the Saints with that Eagles team. Yeah, and the Saints <laughs> were the Saints were also truly incompetent on the day. Like I would say this Saints, this Eagles victory is the same way. Like everyone knows that they got talent, right? On both sides of the ball. So like this to me is no dissimilar than when they beat the Niners earlier in the season. And not to say the Niners are as good as the Saints, but like it's the same level in terms of, you know, if the Eagles turn up and they kind of things are going well for them and then that they're, they're, they're a good team. And in this time, the Saints just looked awful too. I mean, how they didn't turn it over to Jameis Winston is talking about QBs that should have been pulled at halftime. Like that was a move that should have been made. Yeah. I mean, we even discussed it in our chat. I, I was calling for Jemias Winston to be put in. <laughs> Thing is, that's again, it's a callback that so many people are not going to get. Speaking of that, I, I, I don't know what to think of the NFC East now, but it just gets more interesting by the minute, right? Because the NFC playoff race, no one takes a grip on it. And it ultimately means that these teams like Washington now that are on a four win streak, you know, didn't have to do much offensively, beat the 49ers, all of a sudden are well in the playoff picture. But then you've got the Eagles where I think they play Washington next week. That would flip and Washington would go right back down. And it's, I mean, it's shit, but it's interesting, right? The NFC race. So Washington plays Seattle next week, but they do play, they play Eagles. They play the Eagles in the final game of the season. So it's tough because you, you start looking at it and trying to figure out like who's going to win and when, and it's tough because each of them is getting kind of unexpected wins. And then when they play against each other, who knows what's going to happen. So like the Eagles still have to play the Cowboys and Washington. You could tell me they win both of those. You could tell me they lose both of them by 40 points. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know how to predict it. And then you look at the Giants' schedule. They play the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. You'd have to yeah, feel like done. that's that's one win. Yeah, agreed. And then Washington plays Seattle. You've got to. I, I'm going to think they lose that. They play the Panthers, which is winnable, and they play the Eagles. So maybe they get two wins. It's it's fundamentally Washington's division to lose now. Oh, with the streak they're on as well. I mean, what, the four games have been Cowboys and Bengals. Okay, you know, that that's you'd almost put them as favoritism. Maybe they were. I can't remember. But then Steelers and 49ers. It's, it, they don't seem to need to do much to win these games either. That's the interesting thing. Now, the, the big question here is going to be the Alex Smith situation because – they're not going to win another game if Haskins is starting a quarterback for them for the remainder the final three games. Now, I will say, if you recall, a few weeks ago, tried to encourage the Big Chill podcast to take the take the Washington football team. They were like eight to one at that moment in time when suggested them as the likely winner of this division. That that's looking pretty pretty right now. 
I thought you were going to tell us the time you suggested the Big Chill podcast to take Ben Roethlisberger as the MVP. Because if we want to talk about curses, ever since you suggested that, he looks like he needs to go back into his nightclub and start drinking again. (laughs) No. I mean, yeah, not the not the best performance from the by the Steelers, but I think I think they're trying to work out some things on offense. What's QB right? I mean, that's it's not his it's not his fault. I think they're trying to replace their run game with this quick pass scheme, and then when they have drops, it just kills them. And a game like yesterday, they just had so many drops. Like, oh, they lead the NFL in drops by by a crazy amount. But in part, it's because of the scheme. My, my take on it is because of the way they try and run their offense, which is fundamentally no running game. And instead, you're it's just like quick passes to try and replace that. So you're like, the receivers aren't getting set. They're just having to like turn their heads instantly and catch a pass. It's not the ideal situation, but they in a game yesterday, they still had some really bad drops. So I'm not sure I'm putting it on Big Ben. I mean, the issue with Big Ben anyway is he just... When things aren't going well, he just looks so lethargic and just like he doesn't want to be there that it's just sends such bad vibes. Like when the Steelers look bad, they look so bad just because of the way that he carries himself and the energy he gives off. I mean, give a lot of credit though to the Bills defense, right? Because I looked at the um uh like the Steelers only have one third down conversion in the game. I, I mean Oh yeah. Look, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I'm not going to again. I'm not going to try and fall back on my takes here. But a couple of weeks ago, you, Frank, you oh, were trying to so you were trying to beat me over the head with my Bills uh, Super Bowl prediction. That's not looking so bad now. No, and actually, I think the best thing I saw last night was their defense. If they if that's how their defense plays in the playoffs, then they have a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl, And and I mean that in the fact that they'll have to go through the chiefs. And I think that defense coupled with that offense has the potential to beat them because if they can stop them and hold them to 30, I think the bills offense against the chiefs defense can put over 30. And I think, I think they're one of the few teams that can beat them if their defense plays like they did last week. But most of the season we haven't seen their defense play that well. So I don't know if that was a one-off or if they're finally getting into stride. Well, that bye week was a blessing, right? They went into that bye week looking pretty shoddy, lifeless in both offense and defense. They had the bye week and then they've come back with these two really great performances as well. Yeah, for sure. And we talked earlier in the season, right? Where because the bills over the past few years have had really good defenses, there was kind of a myth surrounding them this year that they had, a good defense and it's just been atrocious. So I do agree with you. If, if that's, if, if their defense is even approaching kind of mediocre, then they've got a shot in the playoffs. But if their defense is the defense we saw early in the season, then no chance. Now let me throw this out at you, even though I partly hate doing the, the, the what ifs who gets second in the AFC. So right now you have Steelers 11, two bills, 10 and three out of those two, the bills have left, the Broncos, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. And the Steelers have left, I believe, the Browns, the Colts, and the Bengals. Yeah, they have the Bengals next week. You've done it in reverse order. Sorry. Yeah, it's Bengals, then Colts, then Browns. Um, I think the Bills will be the two seed because they've got the tiebreaker now, obviously. So 
I think the Bills have a pretty decent chance of not losing again this season, whereas I think the Steelers will now lose again. Even if it's just the week 17 one is going to be in. This is always the difficult thing, right? Is predicting what what's the situation going to be in week 17. Are you going to be in a position, like, will they need to play their starters? Will the other team need to? And so. Well, I think with the one by, I think almost every team's going to want to play full strength on week 17. Maybe, maybe not or, the chiefs, maybe not the chiefs. So you think that, Oh, you mean because of the prospect, you mean not rest players because to keep them in rhythm? No, I'm saying, I think because so uh, I was thinking more of the NFC. I don't think anyone's oh, going to okay. rest in the NFC because anyone could still be the number one seed in the NFC because there's only one buy. So the buy becomes really important. You really want that buy. So it's not like last year you could have said, okay, you know, like we're number two, we've got a buy no matter what. We don't have home field throughout, but whatever, we can deal with that. Let's rest. I think here with the fact, especially how this season is kind of dragged on for these players, that buy is going to become really important. Yeah, not even the buy, right? It's also just going to be whether or not you're playing at home in the week one. And I think the playoff picture in in both the AFC and the NFC is tight enough that for most teams going into week 17, there'll be the prospect of dropping from the three seed to the five seed yeah. or or whatever it is. So just from thinking about how many home, home games are we going to play in the playoffs, there's going to be an incentive enough there to start. Like it's hard to imagine a scenario where either the Browns or the Steelers can bench players in week 17. Oh yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, and just looking at this, if, if the bills jump over the Steelers, the Steelers look like they'll be playing either the Titans, the Browns or the Colts in the first round. That does not bode well for a team that was once 11 and zero. <laughs> that could be a one and done. So real quick, now that we're still talking about the playoffs, who's, your number one pick for the NFC right now? Who who wins the NFC championship game right now? Oh, so hard to... The Rams. Wow, that was going to be my pick. I thought you were going to rip into me. It was actually going to be my pick as well. <laughs> oh, great. There you go. The Rams, the Rams have Put no your chance. Money. <laughs> Put your money on the Rams to win the NFC championship right now. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I mean, I don't love it, but I think their defense for, looks pretty great. Yeah, and for me, it's, it's the just, defense. Then it's just, does Jared Goff turn up? As long as they're not playing the Niners, he should. Yeah, <laughs> but he, but you just, does he turn up? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'd pick the Rams or the Packers. I mean, probably people aren't giving the Packers the respect that they probably deserve at this point, but those two... It's very hard for me to pick the Saints. But then I guess I'd like to know if Drew Brees is back. I mean, assuming yes, right, for the playoffs. Yeah. But that would be a question there. I'm not going to pick anyone from the NFC East to win the NFC. And then the only other teams you could really say, like the, the Buccaneers, they just don't look very good. I don't think they look good at all, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, they could have lost that game against the Vikings if Dan Bailey could kick a fucking field goal yeah. or an extra point for that matter. Yeah. He also, missed 10 points. He left 10 points on the board. What is it's it now? Seven in two games? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's not insane. just that he missed. It's not just that he missed too. Like he missed the net. <laughs> like he he wasn't just missing the 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 getting in between the posts. He was missing what the NFL considers to be like <laughs> the expected miss. I love the idea of, you know, the saying like nothing but net. This is like nothing, including net. I mean, it was horrific. It was like, it was such a bad miss that you, I mean, the camera guys were doing well to kind of like get the ball in the frame. It was just so bad. I mean, the, the Rams have got a couple of good, well, most of all, all games in their division are good, but they've got the Jets, but then they've got good divisional games really as a test of that going into the playoff picture, right? So they've got the um, Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, yeah. uh, you know, golf, golf will probably have a field day like Wilson just did with, um, well, even on three quarters with uh, the Jets. So those two games will be a really good metric for this team, I think, because they're both playoff hunters, right, as well. So I think you're going to get two really good kind of end of season divisional games there with like the Rams Seahawks and the Rams Cardinals. I mean, look, this, this hasn't been the prettiest NFL season of all time, but you'd at least say the one thing it's going to deliver is some of the most exciting final games like of the season ever. It's very rare to have kind of touching on the same thing we just said in terms of teams won't be able to rest players. It's it's not often that there's so many divisions still up for play, so many teams still in the playoff hunt. So over the next few weeks, you're going to see so much change, uh, and that's it's at least going to deliver that. I, I think the quality of play has been has dipped and. The quality of teams overall not as strong as maybe we've seen in recent seasons but in terms of the excitement you're going to get in the final weeks of the season it will be up there with with any other season here's a question can the patriots get the dolphins for the playoff picture so at the moment they're patriots are six and seven dolphins are eight and six but belichick gets the opportunity against a rookie qb right they've got to play i think in a couple of weeks so let's say that the Patriots win that game against the Dolphins. You've got the Dolphins at what, eight and... Well, they play this week. Is it this one? It's the next game, yeah. right? So you yeah. could go, Patriots go, what, seven and seven, and Dolphins go eight and six. Like, can it happen? I haven't actually seen their schedules. I don't know if you've got it in front of you, but it's that slim chance just is staying, isn't it? What, they've had that slim chance for now like four weeks and wins or losses. They lose at the right time and they win at the right time as well. They have a chance. Are you asking? Of, I was saying, are, are you asking logistically? Do they have a chance, or no? Or I know logistically they have a. Ch- I know logistically <laughs> and mathematically they have a chance, but like, Let's spin can it this they way. chase the Dolphins down? If they win this weekend, which I don't think they'll win, if they win this weekend, they'll probably. I'm going to say they'll probably overtake the Dolphins. And then what I do don't, you think I about? I can't see it. I what do you think about a Patriots so know, team in the playoffs? Then do you know the remaining games? Frank, Jets. they both play the so they they play each other. They okay. both play the Bills. The Patriots play the Jets. That's a win. And then the and then the Dolphins also play the Raiders, which isn't a gimme, but it's looking easier by the week. <laughs> but I mean, I'll I'll just go off the basis that I don't think the Patriots can beat the Dolphins this week for sure. But and I then they're that, out, and then it's over. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, categorically, Sam, the answer is no, coming from Frank. So again, the Patriots. No, no, but I mean, like, the then I think it's then it's actually over, though, right? I think if the Dolphins beat the Patriots, well, the line's only two and a half. So I assume in our picks, you'll be loving that Dolphins it. two and a half line. 
Yeah, I mean, did you watch them on Thursday? Their their offense just it's nothing. They have I mean, no offense. But they're hit or miss. I mean, this is one thing, right? So one are they really hit or miss? Well, you, I mean, when when is when is their off when has their offense been good? One week against the Ravens, right? Was it even that good? Well, they look good against Seattle. Their offense was pretty good in like week three or whenever that was. The worst defense in the NFL. (laughs) I mean, I'll point point to the Belichick Herbert last game for a bit of inspiration in that one. You've got a rookie that isn't isn't firing at the moment either. It's hardly like Chew is killing it. Um, And you just, okay, granted it wasn't a Patriots offense. So I defer to your point on that, that got them into their 45 mil win or whatever it was. But fundamentally it's Belichick against a rookie QB and that's what happens. And that two and a half, actually, just to let it known, I'll I'll be taking the Patriots in that game. I like it. Also the other spin on this too, right? Is that the Dolphins have kind of had like a hoodoo over the Patriots in recent seasons when the Dolphins have been really bad, but they've consistently managed to win games against the Patriots. And at times they've derailed Patriot seasons, including last year, right? Because last year, week 17, I think it was, or week 16 when they played each other. And it was weeks, yeah. And the Dolphins won. And then that cost the Patriots the bye. And that fundamentally, as it turned out, ruined the Patriots season because they then just had an absolute stinker in the first round of the playoffs. So it would kind of be a role reversal here for the Patriots to play the spoiler in the Dolphins season. So there's a, kind of that element going for it as well. And you have Belichick against a former employee in Brian Now, Flores. that's an interesting one, right? Belichick has been killed historically for like not having a good coaching tree. That like everyone who's come out of the Belichick system has been a failure. And, you know, like that's one of those things that people for years have liked to compare Belichick with other historically great coaches and say he doesn't produce good coaches. That's kind of starting, you got to say that's kind of starting to turn. Like you have Flores, you have Joe Judge doing a decent job in Rabel. Um, you have Rabel with the Titans. Like that's three, there's a possibility that three members of his coaching team are in the playoffs this year, former members of his coaching team. Yeah. Like slowly starting to change. I mean, Matt Patricia's well, just there as a huge black spot on his coffee book, but. It's two. It's 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 Patricia and O'Brien have just killed it. And while and then what's his face who went back, McDaniel. Yeah. But I just think, I, mean, I don't think that was so much Belichick. I think that was just McDaniel is just not a good head coach in general. Also, he's young, right? So you never you never know. Like sometimes people need that opportunity to fail once. Like I think that's a pretty common theme with head coaches. It's like you got that, that like initial failure out of the way, and then you learn from that. You go somewhere else. So the only other thing I wanted to cover is in that Chiefs win, Tyreek Hill had another impressive game, and we talked last last week about his antics, which he didn't flip this week. So obviously something must have been said to him. Um, he did throw up the peace sign. I think both times or at least the one he did there was in the college game a player who tried to imitate Tyree Kill and do a front flip one scoring a touchdown and has Eddie has said previously he 
injured himself, which is always the risk of doing the flip to score. So there is the prime example right on cue of a idiot doing a stupid thing that's completely unnecessary and just shooting himself in the foot almost literally. What was the? Yeah, I think he actually like high he high ankle sprained himself, which is is it could be worse. Not a good injury, but it could be far, far worse with the risk that you're taking. It's such a dumb move. It's such a dumb move. I hope someone spoke to Terry Kill about it. Yeah, or, or that he at least realized that he was crossing into the arrogant asshole territory. But, I mean, someone must have because he didn't do it for either. Or, or he just realized, I look stupid. Yeah. I look like a total prick. Maybe he and listened then, to our podcast and he didn't want to also, upset you anymore, Eddie. So that's he, true. he said, that's, I think that's what it was. Yeah, we're, we live in a world where you're a huge Mahomes fan, but Tyreek Hill is a huge Eddie fan, and he was disappointed that <laughs> the guy he loves has turned on him. So thank you, Tyreek, for listening to me. You're not back in the good books yet, but you're not in the bad books anymore. So, so in the future, Patrick Mahomes is going to replace you on the podcast, but then Tyreek Hill is going to replace me on the podcast. So the future is going to be My Mahomes, rival. Hill, and Sam. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I'm just still doing it. Yeah, you get to do both. <laughs> so talking about having to keep your eye on the TV, I think we're going to have to start keeping our eye on the new name for the Cleveland Indians. Because as of now, they said they are dropping the Indian from the name. Rough, rough segue there. I'm going to give Sam. Sam's winning the segue battle so far in this podcast. <laughs> that, was, that one was a little bit forced. Big Ben would have been proud. But they, um, they, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, no, it's obviously they've had that name for 105 years, I think. And there's been pressure on them for a while. And I don't want to be one of those guys because obviously I'm not, I'm not of the political leanings where I'm going to subscribe to the like slippery slope take. But, but, <laughs> but, but this does seem, as if we are approaching just because I can a hundred percent get why. So for example, like Washington, I was of the opinion needed to change the Indians. I was kind of in the don't have a strong feeling, but if they, if there's sentiment within obviously the native American community, they should change. Now, when you see the other teams getting rumored to being forced into changing, like the Blackhawks or, you know, like any team with any reference to any native American aspect to me that just becomes a little bit difficult right well they did get rid of the racist logo at least so that was a start yes and the same with the indians (laughs) chief wahoo is no longer chief wahoo (laughs) yeah chief wahoo they got rid of a little bit like two or three i mean they got rid of the killer for chief wahoo was when they were appearing in the world series and they had chief wahoo on their caps that was yeah (laughs) i mean i have the t-shirt I have, I mean, I once attending an Indians game in Cleveland was amazed that they were selling this Chief Wahoo t-shirt that just had his full face like emblazoned on the front of the t-shirt. I saw it hanging out and I was like, that is one of the more racist, like openly racist things I've ever been seen just being sold in public without it coming uh, from. And no, there's no but, but I, I had to buy it. But I had to buy it. I had to buy it because I was like, I cannot believe that there's no way this thing is going to be sold 10 years from now. And I was right. So that is a collector's item. 
anyone who wants to buy it, it's for sale. You can contact me. Fifteen. Slightly worn. <laughs> I've actually just looked used. Up, I've looked up Chief Wahoo now, and it looks like something from like a 1950s Disney. Well, which is basically <laughs> yeah. what it is. <laughs> but yes, the bucked tooth Native American. <laughs> it's not a good look. Who acts very like erratically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, not great. That was that one definitely had to go. The name itself. Sure. I mean, put it this way. I don't think it's an amazing name. So they can definitely come up with a better name. Now, whether or not they will. Now, if they're just going to be Cleveland baseball team. <laughs> like, uh, Which, but. oh, I, quick sidebar. I, I know I have trouble that I call Washington by their former name, the Redskins. But at least I do not call them the football team. And there are people still calling them the football team. It, it's not the football team. That's not their name. They're like, you mean Scott oh, it drives me insane. It's not just Scott, Scott Hansen. I mean, I, know, I hear Scott it Hansen, on a normal Scott basis. Scott Hansen loves to do it. And I almost feel like I don't in the Scott Hansen instance, in, in, instance, I don't know if he is making fun of it. He's like, let's go see the, what the football team are doing now. Like, I don't know if he's making a joke that it's a bad name. but The ones right, on the just... radio are not making a joke. They call them the football team. And it's like, don't have you ever seen any other sport that just has, you know, like, for, like I don't get, even with soccer now being slightly popular here, there are several teams that are something FC in the States. Yeah. And they don't call they don't them, they don't call them FC. Club. Yeah, they don't call them football club. Yeah. They I call mean, them by what they're where they are. <laughs> although I, I, you know what, I'm going to switch. I think we should do that, and it would make it really complicated in like England. In certain, yeah. I mean, I know you do do it at times, right? Like city, and people get annoyed by this. And I say this as a supporter, like uh, Blackburn Rovers supporters who normally would just refer to the club as Rovers. Like they see if you say Blackburn as an indication that you are not a supporter. Like it's a red flag if you don't just say Rovers. But and then they get annoyed they, that, that fundamentally, like in the media, they're not just referred to as Rovers. And look, I'm a Blackburn Rovers supporter, but I, I do understand there are other clubs in England called Rovers, and Blackburn have none of this stature required to. Aren't you the and, most famous Rovers, though? Definitely the most famous, but there are others like Bristol, you know, Doncaster, Doncaster, Bristol Rovers, probably a few few others that are shamrock over in island yeah what is a rover um like a range yeah. rover yeah <laughs> yeah what is it i can't describe it but i can tell you other things that it relates to <laughs> is it an animal <laughs> no like a like a person wouldn't that like, be a roma no <laughs> yeah. i i i think it I, might actually be like a car thing no, because no, Blackburn Rovers existed with their name. No, like there was a car. There, was, like, there was a bicycle maker called Rover Company in 1878. You mean like Rover, like the currently existing car manufacturer, the English yeah. car manufacturer? Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> but then, why would what would be the link to Blackburn, which was founded in 1875? I don't know. <laughs> that's for that's for people to find out. That's for our users to expose the computer. Conspiracy. I always thought of it as a the person, like someone who is a someone who tends to rove, someone who is a rover. 
I like people like who one, use like the a word. wanderer. Yeah, I exactly. love people in the who same use way the word to describe. <laughs> yeah, it's always good. You know, you're on top of things. I'm the reverse of like, like a spelling contest in a spelling bee when they're like, "Can you please use that word in a sentence?" That's how I think of the, the actual definition of the word. Can I think. You use I, I think you're right, though. Uh, it's the same way that they're called wanderers as well, yeah, like Bolt, wolves, Bolton wanderers, uh, wolves wanderers, and rangers. It's the same thing. So it's the idea that um, it has connotations of perpetual traveling and restlessness. Ah, perfect for me. Yeah. Going but, all the way back to the Indians. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of start to work our way back, to, to rove our way back in the direction of Cleveland here. The, um, we were really the, rovering over those terminology. Exactly. <laughs> Some teams do reach a stage where you can do it. I, write, I think most people, when someone says city, they think of Manchester City. You say United people think you're referring to Manchester United. This is in spite of the fact that there are multiple Leeds United are in the Premier League. If someone says United won this weekend, I do not think of Leeds. So you can get to the level where... What about Sheffield? No respect for Sheffield United? No, I mean, I wasn't going to try and name every United (laughs) city. They're also in... Yeah, no, no, there's multiple, but but my point still stands, right? Like if you say United... I th- everyone knows who you're talking about. Now, I'm sure if you, I was in Leeds and I said, oh, you, big match for United coming up this weekend, everyone would think I'm talking about Leeds. But so you could get to that level, but just doing it with like football club or football team is way too extreme. Yeah. Like Liverpool or FC, right? You would never, ever... No, just oh, big match for FC this weekend. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. so ridiculous. It's yeah. it's so dumb. It's I hate when they say when they call Washington the football team. Well, if you, you say Washington to... football team, that's okay. But you can't say like, oh yeah, and, and football team um, beat the Niners this week. It what? it almost sounds like you've been like um, there's some sort of like dispute over copyright or like naming yeah. rights that you have to just call them football team. Or it's someone who like doesn't know about the sport, who's like trying to do like water cooler talk. You know? <laughs> How about that like, football team this weekend? <laughs> yeah, football team was really good on Sunday, weren't they? Like the football team looked so good. Huh? I mean, water you guys cooler think? talk that would actually go down pretty well over the past yeah. few weeks. True, Eddie. Would you call yourself a rover? You said it fits you well. You've um, been pretty stuck in on Paris for a while. I was more thinking of the eternal restlessness. Oh, okay. Yeah, more than my than more than my propensity to travel. Um, Although I would fundamentally, even though I have been in Paris now for the last seven years, I guess over the course of my life, I have roved more than most. I I have never ever heard this word in a sentence outside of "What did you think of Blackburn Rovers?" (laughs) That's because you don't. That's because you don't get out and rove. Exactly. You don't no, see I, the world. I, no, I wanderer. I'm a wanderer. <laughs> no. So going so, back to the Indians, yeah. as they are called now, there are several names up in discussion. Some legitimate, some stupid. <laughs> Supposedly, right? So we've yeah. One of the so here I have a few of ones that people have been talking about. So one is the Cleveland Spiders. So the Spiders was the original Cleveland baseball team uh, back in the early 18, late 1800s. I think that one could be okay because there aren't Spiders in any other sport uh, off the top of my head. 
Why spiders, though? What's the association with, like, Cleveland or... Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Is that just what the original team was called? They were just trying to think of an animal or an insect, and they... And if you spiders. think of Spider-Man, the colors kind of match with the blue and the red. So there's that potential there that you could kind of get some overlap. To me, just... It doesn't sound good. Like, the spiders. It sounds like a movie... It sounds like they're making like any given Sunday and they're having to think up a name for it, you know, and it's like, well, and the spiders played the, yeah, the spiders played the rhinos this weekend. Like it seems like a a screenplay has been put together with teams that they know are like copyright free. Like that's, you're right. That's my only issue with it. I think the logo could be cool. Like they could do a lot of fun things with it. It's got potential to be a cool looking team. Yeah. Yeah, or it could look super dorky. Yeah, it could go one way or the other. So another one that's been brought up is the Cleveland Buckeyes, and that also has historical uh, significance because that was the name of the uh, the Negro American League team from Cleveland in the 1940s. So that was kind of you know they could like pay respects to to that, but the issue is is Ohio State is the Buckeyes, and to take anything away from Ohio State might just get people in Ohio pissed off. <laughs> I think that could go one of two ways. So in one respect, it's like you think Buckeyes, you think Ohio State. And so it's people are going to feel like you're kind of trying to take something away from the football team. The other thing is you could just be kind of like unifying the concept of the Buckeye as being the Ohio thing. And so having a professional team with that as its name kind of cements not that anyone else is trying to lay claim to the Buckeye, but it does kind of like cement the Buckeye as being like the the Ohio thing. I guess the downside for that is sucks for Cincinnati. <laughs> like if <laughs> if Cleveland gets to give itself like the state name, not the you, you know what I mean, like gets to claim that like state figure as its team name, and then the Cincinnati or just the Reds, it's like wow, that kind of sucks for you guys. I always thought Buckeye was a little bit. Not derogatory, but if you called someone buck-eyed, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it meant to be that their eyes are like no. a little bit kind of? I think I'm you're. Not. I think I think you're combining cross-eyed and buck-toothed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always thought there was like a if you called someone a, buck-eyed. No, it's a really no, really ugly no. person. They have buck teeth and they're cross-eyed. They're buck-eyed. <laughs> But you do remind me of there's like a bit that Daniel Tosh did on Tosh.0 where he said like non-racist terms, but like got a panel together and then asked like, is this a like racial slur? And basically, if you like say it in the right way, it makes it sound awful. So like the Buckeyes, they're like, oh, I hate those Buckeyes. Like that yeah. guy is a total Buckeye. Like you definitely <laughs> it could, look at it that. Sounds wrong. Look at that group of Buckeyes sitting over there. Aren't Buckeyes just the laziest people in the world? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's definitely, definitely in that category. It's yeah, it's definitely in the kind of like most offensive, non-offensive terms. Yeah. I guess. But, oh, another Buckeye sleeping on the job again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you made the first mistake when you hired a Buckeye. Never What's trust next? a Buckeye to do a good job. <laughs> What's next? Are we gonna let the Buckeyes vote? Suffrage for the Buckeyes. (laughs) So yeah, maybe we should rule that one out. 
Are these like has the club come out with these? No. Or so it these are kind actually, of like fan favorites or like rumors and stuff like that. It hasn't technically been officially confirmed that they're ditching like how or when they're ditching the Indians. It's just been kind of <laughs> didn't they do that a long time ago? Well <laughs> 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 yeah, they're uh but yeah, they, so no, they haven't they haven't got to the stage yet where they've put together a list of potential names. But I know, Frank, that there's one old name that they're thinking of reusing, which also has the potential if used with the right right and right tone to sound mildly racist. Which is the idea that they might call themselves the Cleveland Naps. See, which is <laughs> yeah. that's another one that if you say naps in yeah. the wrong way now yeah. a it's quite similar to a uh to a certain word yes beginning with j that would be incorrect but also just the just the nap like and um and that's oh, because you went that way ah, no see, i wasn't I... I wasn't okay. saying that it would make me think of that word. It's just that obviously it does, it has certain similarities, right? It's just one letter off. So in terms of sound, there is another now, word too. But, that I'm not but there were, the reason that they would call themselves that was because they were previously called that in honor of a player, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so again, it would be, I'm sure it will be on the short list that they put together. Like undoubtedly naps and spiders are going to be on the list of now they could call themselves the spider naps but the buckeye spider naps <laughs> <laughs> but there so were some, some of the other ones yeah some of the it. better like so the cleveland rockers terrible because they're in the rock and roll hall of fame yeah terrible and, and they could have the song cleveland rocks terrible they have a theme song it's really how about gay how about the Cleveland Wild things? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's not serious. Well, they're doubling down on rockers. <laughs> well, that's a reference to the movie Major League. Yeah, I think that'd uh, be a good one. The Cleveland Wild things. I would genuinely think that's a joke. Yeah, no, yeah, that one is things, a joke. That one yeah. is a joke. Uh, some of the other ones I saw were like Cleveland Crows. Cleveland Great Lakers. I mean, I mean, if we've just discussed the racial possibility of some going crow is not a good idea. That's never going to happen. Noble Great Lakers. That sounds pretty bad as well. Great the Lakers Blue is Sox. bad. So Great Lakers is just bad because it's just a bad version of the Lakers. Like if the Lakers didn't exist, then Lakers would be a good idea. Yeah. But you can't try and be the Cleveland Great Lakers when... The LA Lakers are one of the most famous sports franchises in the world. What's the um, what what kind of industries go on in Cleveland? Could they call themselves after like an industry, like uh, the Oilers? Most, you know, like the Oilers un for NFL. unemployment, <laughs> <laughs> lazy Buckeyes, <laughs> the Cleveland unemployed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one's for you, Missy. If you're still listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, our our listeners in Ohio are going to be delighted with this one. Yeah. But, the Ky the Cuyahogas is another one because that's the river see, that runs through Cleveland. Yeah, it's the county too. Like I, that's kind of a good name, but then I also feel like you're just kicking the can further down the road in terms of like it's obviously in reference to the Native Americans of the region. You'll just have 15 years from now people like, well, Cuyahogas incorrect. So now call yourself something else. 
So actually, I so far none of them really sound that great to me. <laughs> That's the problem with renaming a team, right? You're so used Tough. to something that the rest just, should just sound be the, wrong. The Cleveland BT, Cleveland baseball team. They could just do that, and that wouldn't bother me. Just Cleveland baseball club. I mean, it would be the CBC. Oh, Cleveland BC. Why don't they just call themselves Cleveland? The Cleveland. The Cleveland Cleveland. Yeah, the Cleveland Clevelanders. Well, I was just they could, why, they could call why? themselves the Steamers, right? And just like really embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they call themselves Cleveland? <laughs> wait, wait. So you're calling themselves the Cleveland Cleveland? <laughs> no, they're the Cleveland. <laughs> so that reminds me of Seattle. They just um, got a hockey team called the Seattle Kraken. And for the longest time, they were kind of opening it up to the public. And the number one vote that kept going up was the Rain City Bitch Pigeons. <laughs> it just cracks me up <laughs> that it like legitimately would be shown on several things. But obviously, they can't call it. But it's gotten as far as sites have made official jerseys. And you can buy a Rain City Bitch Pigeon hockey jersey. With like your name and number on the back, it just cracks me up. It's such Kraken a good one. Kraken is a really good name, actually. Yeah. I really like that. I mean, that's the issue with the public vote nowadays, right? Is everyone does it as a joke? It's the Bodie McBoat face. Yeah, Bodie and then McBoat Joe Rogan gets on it, and Joe yeah, Rogan like, gets his supporters to vote for something, and it's game over. Yeah, I mean, I think Bodie McBoat face was the moment that. So, for anyone who doesn't know the reference, there was there's a. Uh, comedian, right? It's a, a no, comedian. It's a, what? It's a... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a. So it's a, the the UK released a, like a. It's, it's, it's a, a research boat. special. It's a yeah, research. Yeah, no, but I but I thought I thought it was a comedian who like told everyone to start naming it that oh, or okay. picking that. I, I thought you were suggesting that. Uh, it was like that, name a comedian. <laughs> yeah, there was this comedian traveling around called Bodie McBoatface who's like great stand up act. Um. I don't know who suggested it. I just think it came on. Um, no, it was a former BBC Radio Jersey presenter. Oh. Radio Jersey? As in like the Channel Islands Jersey? Yes. Or, okay. Oh, God. Yeah. No, he just talked about jerseys on BBC Radio. <laughs> BBC, like, but only Bbc jerseys as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah you're right. That, that is... was it. Yeah, it was a um, there was like an online poll done with a load of names and Bodie McBoatface kind of got upvoted um, to a ridiculous amount. And there was a massive campaign. Ultimately, they went against it and called it the David Attenborough. I think they called the ship. So. Sir David Attenborough. Yes. They called the ship, sir. It's called the Sir David Attenborough. Yeah. yeah. God, English people are so pretentious. Well, it's his name. Well, no, it's not his name. Well, it is. It's his full, like, with his title. Like, it's the... That's his title. It's, the, it's not his name. It's his title. But you're supposed to refer to him with yes. his title. So it would be it would be kind of a slap in his face. Now, I'm sure he doesn't insist on people calling him Sir David Attenborough, but it would be a mild slap in his face to name something after him and not use his appropriate title. Especially on it what would, is a... It, it's like a royal... Like, it will, it's going to have the, like... The HRH or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever the... Now, speaking of Native, Ameri Native Americans and uh, maybe 
some curses and you know that occasionally uh, get placed on franchises or people the duke curse don't know if you have any uh native american heritage frank but the duke curse is in full effect on uh the arsenal football club or whatever they <laughs> um because another somewhat pathetic performance yesterday against uh Why against are you Burnley. Somewhat? Sam, just, I want to just call it what it is. It was it Sam, was Sam, I'm going to ask you again. Are you scared that Arsenal might go into the relegation? No. <laughs> they have enough okay. talent. They 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 may go into the relegation zone, <laughs> but they will not stay there. Here's the interesting thing. So watching the match yesterday, it was the first time I think I've watched an Arsenal match where they started to have the discussion of, because people love to talk in England about a team being too good to go down. And that was during the match, they started to have the discussion of like, we're not saying this is going to happen, but you know, teams are, you, you think teams are too good to go down. Surely this Arsenal team is too good to go down. And that's like the first step in the process, because you know what ends up if, Look, I don't think Arsenal are going to go down. I think they will in the end probably go on a halfway decent run and may even end up finishing in the top half. They'll finish well clear of the relegation zone is is what I think will happen. That being said, if this goes on for a few more weeks and you really do drop into the re- realistic relegation scrap, that's when you got to take a look around that squad of players and think how many of these one how many of these players really want to be in a relegation scrap and have the mentality to be in one? Because you know with a club like Burnley, for example, and you kind of saw it yesterday, those players and that team is built to be where they are and to fight bravely against relegation and to scrap out results in the final few months of the season. And this Arsenal team is not built for that. It's pretty depressing to be an Arsenal fan right now. Like, that's for sure. Because the the capabilities there for everyone to see, right, is that they didn't actually add that many people to this team um, during the offseason. But they made sure that the people that were pretty good last year with Arteta stayed. Like the Obama Yang stayed. There was rumors about Lacassette. I think most people would agree with Ozil being frozen out for his performances. Um, I think it's biting him at the moment because if there's one problem, there's a complete lack of creativity. Arsenal have scored 10 goals in 12 games, which for the generation of Arsenal that we grew up with in our age is unheard of. Like that's that's just not a thing for Arsenal. Um, usually it's the other way around. Arsenal are the classic team where it's like, you score four, we'll score five kind of thing. And it's just gone the complete opposite way. Um, your, I, I agree with your point is that there will, if after Christmas, you know, when you get to that kind of like FA Cup third round, early January kind of moment, and if Arsenal have legitimately lost every game, they've lost four in a row at home at the moment for the first time in 60 years. So it's not that terribly unfeasible for it to happen. You can legitimately start saying they'll finish at best well, 13th, 14th. Also, let's take a quick look too, as we like to do in the NFL, their next few fixtures. So they play Southampton tomorrow. That's a tough fixture. 
they play e- they play Everton away on se- on Saturday. Then they have a Car- uh, Carabao Cup fixture against Manchester City. So they'll lose, but it won't matter to their league standings. Honestly, that could be the one that they win. But it, it's, Maybe it's just a kind of it's the scenario, right? Then they play Chelsea. Loss. That could be a loss. At which point you could be very well looking at Arsenal a point or two above the drop zone, because as things currently stand, they are uh, five points clear. So at that point, you could be saying they're within three points, within a match of going into the drop zone. Then they play Brighton, and that then has the makings of what would normally be referred to as a six-pointer, because if if, uh, that is a relegation six-pointer, potentially. Uh, I mean, it won't be. I mean, they could be going, <laughs> but they be. could be going into that match with one point in their last three. Yeah, that's I realistic. Mean, I'll put it this way: if they have more than three points from their next three matches, that would be a major sort of improvement, mm-hmm. given that set of fixtures. If you tell me they come out of Southampton, Everton, and Chelsea with more than three points, that would surprise me. That's depressing. Well, there's my bet of the week. They come out with nine. <laughs> I mean, I was saying it before, like I actually tipped up Southampton on this podcast in the preview. I said that they were going to have a good season and they do look really, they don't look incredible. They just look solid. They, they just, they score goals. They defend well at the back. I would, I think Arsenal are still favorites, but just to give you an idea, Arsenal are home against Southampton are only like six to five. And that's pretty painful. Uh, this is an Arsenal team, even under the poorer days of Wenger near the end, that would have been one to three in this game. One to two, maybe. Now, here's the, that, this gets me to my other question for you. Uh, Arteta can't have long. I think you're realistically, if this form continues, he's gone by the end of January at most. Like, that gets to a certain point, you have to make a change. Because if he's lost the dressing room, if players aren't turning up for him, you have to get rid of him. Now, in that instance, general question, who on earth could they appoint? Second question, would you take Wenger back? If Wenger came, decided, look, I'm coming in fundamentally, because there's been rumors that he will come back to Arsenal in some form as a kind of, not director of football, but kind of some executive position to have influence over strategy or whatever it is. If he stepped back in some capacity and then said, well, I'm also going to be interim manager for the for the sort of caretaker for the next six months. Would you want that? And then final question, which is the most depressing question I think an Arsenal supporter has probably ever been asked, but would the best move be to appoint a manager with a pedigree of relegation scraps? So like the prospect of- Oh, are you looking at like Sam Allardyce? Sam Allardyce, Sam Allardyce, big Sam coming coming to the Emirates to to play those angel passes. Not in the away end, not in the away dugout, in the home dugout. Yeah. Oh no, the reality of that is um, pretty depressing. No, I can't, I'm not gonna go to sleep tonight. I'm gonna have these horrible nightmares of just big Sam. I mean, uh, what's he called? Uh, Lucien Favre has just yeah. become available at Dortmund. <laughs> wow, he was great. <laughs> I mean, but it is one of those like Arsenal, I don't think will be able to offer the money or the reputation for someone like Pochettino. So he's out of it. That looks, I don't think Poch- 
Look, I don't think Pochettino would do it for multiple reasons. One of which would Spurs be reason. the Spurs attachment to, to have Arsenal be your next club would be, I don't think he would do it. And then B, just why on earth? Like the, the Arsenal project at this point for any manager, realistically, you have to think it's a five-year project to turn them into title contenders from where they are now. Oh, longer. Uh, the, the... But I mean, like if you nailed it. So if yeah. you're someone like Pochettino who has the possibility of going to big clubs around Europe, why would you take on this very risky, very long-term project? Um, I think my, my thing with Arteta is that at the moment, avoiding relegation has now become some painful point. But I do think there's merit in staying with him, right? There is a capability there that he did show uh, with the FA Cup win against good teams. It wasn't just like a simple run. The first two or three games at the start of the season, they look really good. Uh, they look competitive against like City when they lost like 1-0 or what was it? Um, he seemed to be stemming the tide of Arsenal conceding goals. And it really has taken a big turn for the worst in the last seven or eight games. I think at the moment, it's still a poor run that can change. I don't think it's systemically bad that Arteta shouldn't be given more time, but I think your end of January, when's the Europa League? I can't remember when it is, but you know, they've it's got usually, tough. It's beginning of February. Usually. They've got Benfica and I think they've got the away game first. And if I think that could be one of those nail in the coffin moments, you know, if they're oh, out of the FA Cup League. by then. Not them I, not them being second bottom in the table. It's going to be the Europa League. <laughs> yeah, if they're, if they're 18th, as long as they've won the Carabao Cup and they're I mean, going good news. The... I've got, uh, let's put a positive spin for Arsenal supporting listeners, which I know there are at least a few of them. Good news, number one. Sheffield United are definitely going down. So it's two relegation spots up for grabs. So that's a positive spin. Positive number two, Aubameyang finally scored. So there's that going. They got that going for them. <laughs> first ever, first ever club own goal. I think it was, as in career, like in his whole career, it's his yeah. first ever own goal, which I don't know Good. is impressive. Wow. Or that's not. that's how bad it's gotten. The thing with Arsenal, right? Like I said, it's ten goals in twelve games, but they it's not like they don't have the capacity to change that. If Arsenal start scoring, then a lot of these games look very different. The momentum changes. At the moment, I put this down to an inexperienced manager that doesn't know how to change it around this poor runner form. But I do back him to do it with the coaching staff around him. Like there's experienced people in there, like Winterburn, Steve Bold's in there. Like they have good people that can get around him. And I, I, I think Arsenal will turn it around. It just has to happen within the next, I'd say, seven or eight games. I admire your confidence, and I especially admire your confidence as someone who has watched their club be relegated on two occasions. And I will actually say the first time that Blackburn Rovers were relegated, maybe similar stature to where Arsenal are now. Well, we won it then, didn't we? Yeah, well, <laughs> those, <laughs> but very similar. And Blackburn went through a very serious process of too good to go down, too good to go down, gone down. What was it, so, two or three years uh -oh. after you won the league? It was like two or three years after you won? 95, wasn't it? You won? 94, 94 95, 95, won the Premier League. Yeah, and then 97, 98, you get relegated. Yeah, so three years removed and had qualified, finished sixth the season before, played European football the season we were relegated. <laughs> <laughs> 
So <laughs> there's some there, and I'm, look, I'm not saying th- yeah. there. I'm not drawing too many parallels, but there is precedent for this kind of thing happen happening. Now, fallen giants, I, forest. I, yeah, as well. I will say also casting our eyes forward to the 23rd of May, quite far in the future. The world will probably have changed quite significantly by the 23rd of May, 2021. But it does. It will be the final final match of the Premier League season. And it will be Arsenal at home to Brighton. What a match that could be. Just two teams fighting against relegation, all being decided on the final day's play. Wait, that's the last match of the year for them? That's the last. Wow. Now, isn't that, a, isn't that a bad sign for Arsenal? Because when you can look ahead and you can see such a potentially significant fi- fixture on the final day of the season, that's a sign. If it comes down to that, we should broadcast live. Oh, yeah, we can be the anti-Arsenal. Yeah, we can do like the Logan Paul. This is going to be our... This is how I could get into my... I watched Logan Paul launch his uh, celebrity boxing career by filming a dead man hanging. And I can do the same. This is how I get Mayweather. It's pretty depressing. Because I don't know why you think Brighton are going to be in a relegation fight anyway. It's Arsenal. <laughs> True. True. And I mean, the only other real talking point from the Premier League this weekend, obviously both Spurs and uh, Liverpool slipped up. So not a lot changed at the top of the top of the league. Leicester looked good. But uh, the Man- good. yeah, the Manchester Derby, one of the dullest affairs you'll ever see. Manu, <laughs> That's Manu how I describe that. <laughs> no, Manu, Manu have an incredible habit of nulling the brain at Old Trafford at the moment. Like Arsenal lose, but at least there's some en- entertainment for other people watching Arsenal lose. There is no entertainment in watching these United performances at the moment. I mean, the only thing you will say, though, as an Arsenal supporter, somewhat mocking Manchester United, they're five points off the top with a game in hand. Like, we are not looking... Yeah. Like, a few weeks from now, United could conceivably be top of the table. And all yeah. of this pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and all of this talk about how this is a, a kind of almost season from hell from United in some respects, it could suddenly look like, oh no, they're, they're legitimate title contenders again. But you know what will happen, right? Solskjaer being Solskjaer, they'll get to that point and that's when they'll go on a 10-game like winless run and then he'll play PSG. <laughs> like well, here's the th- <laughs> we'll do the flip, right? So they play Sheffield United uh, this week. Assume that's a win. Then they play Leeds, who are a little bit in free fall. That could should and could be another win. Then they play Leicester. Now that's that will be a real test. If they've won the two games before then, and they'll basically be sort of probably level on points with Leicester and right up there, that will be the real test um, then. But they have actually, you know, then you look ahead, then they play Wolves and Villa and Fulham. So over the next six matches, they should win most of them. Just a shout out to Fulham. They, they look really good against Liverpool, actually. Um, don't get me wrong, Liverpool didn't play as well, but I think Fulham look really organized um, in that game. Yeah, and Jurgen Klopp continues to kind of turn himself into a joke a little bit because he he's he's claiming very adamantly that the Fulham penalty shouldn't have stood, well, shouldn't have been given because there was a foul in the buildup, and yet overlooking the fact that Liverpool's penalty, whilst correct by the laws of the game, very soft, 
And then equally, Fulham should have had another penalty for Matip's challenge, which I understand why the referee didn't give it. And part of me was pleased that the referee actually went for only the second time this season, went to review a decision on the screen and then didn't change his mind. So like, I actually was happy about that. But it was very clear that he Matip didn't get the ball first. So it should have been a penalty. But So Jurgen Klopp does a very good job of having a very good selective memory when he complains about things. Did you see the uh, draws for the Europa League and Champions League come up? Oh, actually, I didn't. Uh, well, I saw that so, they came out, but I waited because I wanted you to tell them to me so I could. Be oh, surprised. do you want me to do like the draw and do it with like? Can we really reenact it? And, like, I'll do. Yeah, I'll do like the home. You, you, you fictionally pick out the home teams, oh, and I'll and I'll recreate and pick out the away teams. I don't want Europa because I don't give I don't give a shit yeah, about we, those crap well, teams. Well, actually, can I Europa. could I just could I just start off with no. a fact about the Europa League? No, no, no. I'm gonna give it. So shut up. That <laughs> like, only so, teams in the bottom five. The league leaders, the league leaders of the Premier League, the French League, the Spanish League, the Italian League, and the German League are all in the Europa League. So it's Leverkusen, Lille, Spurs, Real Sociedad, and AC Milan are all Europa League teams. Sausage, sausage army. Now, here, now the here's sausage the question. Army. Will, Silver, any of them, army. will any of them win their league? Probably not, no. Uh, Spurs, maybe. If Spurs have the best BNA. chance. Spurs have the best chance. Um, I think AC Milan. No, you have to have a good chance. Leverkusen will slip up. Lille will just be caught by PSG eventually. Um, or Lyon, I, I guess, but probably PSG. Um, I'd say, no, I think Milan have the best chance. AC Milan, this is. I'd say out of all of them. But, just tell me who Spurs have. Uh, In the... Wolfsburger. Yeah. Uh, an Austrian team. So that's that's looking like a good one. Benfica Arsenal is a good one from that. Uh, Sociedad Manu is another good one from that. Um, the rest are kind of, like you say, the rest are Europa League ties. <laughs> so they're, they're the not champion, that fantastic. The Champions League, the on the other hand, has drawn up a series of very... Very sort of mouth-watering ties. You have Ooh, Barcelona against PS- Barcelona PSG. Ooh, obviously, some one. recent history with the dramatic twenty seventeen, wasn't it? Yeah. You've got uh, Leipzig Liverpool, which on you know, oh, given wow. the way Leipzig have been playing, it's going to be a good tie. Uh, Atalanta Real Madrid. So obviously, last year Atalanta had a good Champions League run, so that's a decent tie. Um, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea. Oh, that's a good one. Atletico yeah. Madrid are playing pretty well right now. Yeah. They don't let up fucking anything. I mean, the great thing about <laughs> they, they have four right. goals conceded in their league right now. It's insane. They're just they're just different styles as well, which is really good about that one. It's kind of Lampard, yeah. Simeone. It's like really different styles and approaches. So it'd be a good yeah. one that one. And then the other ties: Sevilla, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Porto mm-hmm. against Juventus. Lazio, Bayern Munich, and Borussia Mönchengladbach against Manchester City. So for once, City actually with a reasonably... I mean, there are no easy draws in the knockout stages of the Champions League, but City finally got one that isn't a kind of nightmare for them. Now, how are they going to do this COVID-related, just as they normally would? 
just a I home match and away match and that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just just home and away and um the fans technically i think uh depending on the local restrictions right well, there's been so, fans already, right? Whenever those games have been played in Ukraine and Russia, there've been <laughs> there've been full-on supporters there for those. So, yeah, depending on where they're playing, there will be supporters there. Now, one thing I forgot, I wanted to include this stat last week after the after the champ final matches of the Champions League were played. Incredible stat, like one of the one of my favorite stats I've seen in a long time, which was after Juventus played Barcelona last week and kept a clean sheet it meant that Buffon has now kept a clean sheet in the Champions League in four different decades. The 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. Wow. For some reason in my head, I was... He's just very old. (laughs) He's older than than his manager. I mean, he made his Juventus debut in like 1996. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. And he's still a pretty awesome keeper. I mean, it's the one position where you can like go to that age and be, you know, still pretty commanding and decent. Wow, four decades. So he made his par- I'll correct myself. He made his Parma debut in 1995. So how old is he? Damn. He's 42 years old. He turns 43 in January. That's when Parma were good as well. Wow. Yeah, like I mean, I assume he he played on, he only played for Parma in the 90s, so he kept he made he kept his Champions League clean sheet with Parma. Nice. Yeah. I read this. Um, I, I read this um, so severe fan thread, where it's like, "Oh, we're in the last sixteen of the Champions League. That's amazing." But it means we can't win the Europa League. <laughs> like, so yeah. No European it was one those, It's one of those catch twenty two situations where they're like, "Oh my God, we've gone further than usual, but we can't win a trophy now because we're very not going to win the Champions League." So I wonder what severe fans truly want. For, a tier, for like a second tier club like that, I would actually say the Europa League glory rather than what one more two-legged fixture in the Champions League. Depends on how far you go. I'd rather win the Europa League than get knocked out in the last 16 of the Champions League. Yeah. But I'd rather make it to the Champions League semi-final over winning the Europa League. Yeah, what about from a revenue standpoint though? Um, oh, Champions League way more. I think you make yeah. more money just from the last 16 than you do from winning the Europa League. That's what I was thinking. There's actually a new tier of European football starting next season, I think it is. Like they're going to have like a third level uh, below the Europa League. So there's going to be more betting. There's going to be way more betting. So that Celtic can win something? Yeah, so that Celtic can (laughs) go and beat like Inter Milan and then get humped 7-0 by Slavia Prague or something like that. I got a bit of backlash on Twitter this weekend because uh, I think TalkSport posted that uh they posted that um james tavernier the rangers um right back has uh, two discussions annoyed me this weekend that i saw in multiple places one was because rangers i think are the only undefeated side in any top flight like top division in europe something like that so people seriously talking about well how good are rangers like how well would they fare against uh, some of the bigger clubs, which we know the answer to that. But um, James Tavernier scored 17 goals for Rangers this season, and they then said that's more than Harry Kane, Son, Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, Neymar, Lewandowski, Mbappe, and he's a right back. 
I kind of thought, and he plays in Scotland. <laughs> like there's, there's some, there's a key detail there that needs to be included. <laughs> but Frank, I know that as we get towards the end here, we've probably wrapped up the sport from the weekend. You had my, the couple talking points where you had to rip into me. I know like pre-recording, we were talking a little bit about Christmas movies and you told us that we, you had a favorite Christmas tradition I don't know if necessarily it's a Christmas movie, but that we will disagree on. Well, no, my thing was there's two movies I always have to watch every Christmas. And the first one is, is Christmas Vacation. That's just like the family. My family's always been watching Christmas Vacation. Like that's like our movie for the holidays. The other one I always have to watch is Love Actually. I'm a huge wow. Love Actually fan. <laughs> That's a movie that has not aged that well. I've got to say. No, I read a few years ago. It still cracks me up about just how bad of a movie it is in terms of just like relationships and take on women and like what men seem to get away with in the movie. I mean, it's and it's it's actually pretty funny when you. I think it just makes the movie funnier when you watch it. Oh, you have this guy. You have this guy. Frank Frank's views are not the views of the podcast. I'd like to say this now, but please continue. No, but I I think it's funny when you watch how poorly it's aged, or not. It's not even how it's aged. It's just how they thought that that was a okay thing, like the kid who's best friend or sorry how do i put this the right way the guy who stalks his best friend's wife constantly like how anyone thought it was an okay thing in the first place and then how he almost kind of looks like a decent guy at the end when he, he goes super to her romantic and, gesture and holds yeah. yeah and like holds the cards up and like it's like who's that at the door oh no, no. Don't tell him it's his best friend trying to steal his wife away in a really douchey move. Just say it's Christmas callers. Just say it's that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny that he somehow was likable and also people felt happy that like yeah. it was the it was the ending that they deserved as a couple was for yeah. him to for him and for her to just betray the husband. Who I don't does remember. It also the movie doesn't well help enough. that the husband is black. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember the movie well enough. I have only seen it once or twice and haven't seen it in at least 10 years. But like, he doesn't do anything bad, right? Like he's a perfectly decent guy. Like it's, he's not unpleasant to her or anything. Who, the husband? Yeah. No, the husband is like a really great guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not like, it's not like they're in a loveless marriage and. No, and no, no, no. Like saving her. Yeah. No. And then also yeah. when, when, when the guy goes to, to the U.S., yeah and it's like all these like really attractive girls just pouring themselves on him <laughs> yeah well just he goes to the u.s just for the purpose of of sleeping with girls you have now a here's my minister, question you have a prime minister that. who's just a complete perv no see the prime minister one i i don't agree with as much there i have some some flaws in in what people think of why he's so bad because the, the one knock is that she's his employee but he doesn't actually like really get involved with her until after she leaves his employment, which wouldn't that be the right thing to do? Not that I guess the wrong thing of that is that he technically got her fired so that he could date her, which is, which is the wrong thing. But he didn't actually do that. 
Okay. You know, he didn't purposely done, you know, do it like that. You know, people have done full on like mind maps of the relationships and like the angles and like the way people like deceived each other. It's oh, it's amazing. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, it is yeah, interesting, right? Because <laughs> there's no way love actually gets made today. And also well, the fact yeah, because that... Alan Rickman's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And also, and also, just in spite R.I.P. Severus Snape. <laughs> in spite of the fact that it has this like reaction to it in terms of like on the internet and in different places, it still remains tremendously popular. And oh, yeah. people have like very it's nostalgic. It's cold. Yeah, but it's it's almost uh, like the holiday. Like no, because the holiday is a bad movie. Oh, oh, the movie. <laughs> whoa, whoa! That is probably Jack Black's best performance. Well, that's not saying a lot, but <laughs> you know, naturally. I'd also, dis- I'd, I'd also disagree with you because I think School of Rock is a legitimately good movie. I'm not going to come back to you on that. I got no time no, for whatever. that argument. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's two good Jack Black movies. High Fidelity is a good movie and School of Rock is a good movie. It's fundamentally the only times Jack Black has been asked to play Jack Black. What about Shallow How? <laughs> <laughs> now that's a movie you. that has not <laughs> aged well. That sounds like a good episode, doesn't it? Movies that have aged terribly. <laughs> yeah. And actually, you can relate Shao Hao back to Love Actually because there is some fat shaming in Love Actually as well. That's another major criticism. Yeah. Yeah, when no, it's incredible. She won like Miss Dunkin' Donuts in 2003 or something. That's a great it's a hell of a cast. <laughs> but Love Actually is a hell of a cast, though. I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. back at it. It's incredible. And for example, I've seen commercials of like, um, Sky previewing all of their Christmas film when they've got Idris Elba talking about how like over Christmas he watches movies and then they've got commercials and they have the Hugh Grant like dancing scene as part of the clips that they show for the, like the Christmas spirit so the fact that they even chosen that character to represent what the movie stands for is an interesting <laughs> one now Hugh Grant um, anecdote his dad lives very close to my parents and so there are quite frequent Hugh Grant sightings because he goes to visit his dad, including once when like my a mom... UFO. Yeah, like <laughs> a Hugh Grant cock crop circle, like in yeah. a garden scene. Well, it's actually it makes you it gives you insight into how horrible it must be to a, be a celebrity because it is literally like people reporting Hugh Grant sightings. Like, oh, Hugh Grant's in town. Like, yeah, yeah, I saw him at the cafe. Yeah, yeah, I saw him eating. I saw him eating here. Like, and he's not exactly, I mean, major celebrity for, particularly for people of our age or older. For people younger than us, I don't think Hugh Grant moves the needle at all. I was going to say women slightly older than us. (laughs) Yeah, but still even, you know, like I can still remember an era of Hugh Grant being a legitimate like A-list actor. Um, but he, my, my mother and my sister did once go to a restaurant where he was sitting with his dad and his brother. And they were playing a game where as women walked by, they basically declared whether or not they would, they would be willing to fuck her. And that was the game the three of them were playing. So this as- Wait, 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 wait. Who's, who can confirm this game being played? Either my sister or my mother. 
Would oh, sure they didn't make the family? This up. <laughs> no, would, they, yeah. would go, they would go on record for this. That's now, now, my sister, not that I ever doubt her, like that she would make it up. Wait, how old is this Hugh Grant's dad? Um, probably late 70s, early 80s now. But this, this story happened oh, six or seven years ago was when this incident happened. So I, at the time, he was probably like early 70s. But maybe older, I don't know. I don't know. Hugh Grant's what, like 60? Maybe. Now, do you think there are women and probably men who would be willing to sleep with Hugh Grant's dad because he's Hugh Grant's dad? For sure. <laughs> For sure. I, I mean, the interesting one would be, would you sleep, not you, but, but like, will people sleep with Hugh Grant's brother to, I don't know what he looks like. I've never, I've, do you I'm, okay, let's, let's throw this one out. Do you think there's more people who would sleep with Hugh Grant's father because it's Hugh Grant's father or Hugh Grant's brother because it's Hugh Grant's brother and maybe they look somewhat alike? Definitely the brother for two reasons. One, they might look alike. I've never, I'm actually the only person in the family to not have a Hugh Grant sighting. So now you can go real conspiracy theory. Maybe my family has just been making this up to me. <laughs> like maybe. Maybe your family is like the guy in love actually and they're stalking Hugh Grant. <laughs> maybe. But uh, you would either either they look kind of similar, so you'd feel like this is as close as you're going to get, or you think the brother is the better in. Like, if you started dating the brother, could you love actually it, and then like swap from the brother to Hugh Grant? Like, he falls in love with you. Do you go right to the father, right to the source of the seed? (laughs) (laughs) Awful. I think you just have to hope that it, like Hugh Grant has similar tendencies to Ryan Giggs and that you could get in, get in with the brother. And then that's your, that's your way. in. I completely forgot about that, about Ryan Giggs. Like one absolute monster. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy who's had an incredible PR recovery. So what would be your go-to Christmas movie? Considering love actually could possibly be one of the worst movies ever, but best. <laughs> So I don't really have the only movie in my family that gets watched every Christmas period is It's a Wonderful Life. That's the only movie that my dad insists yeah, I can that see he, that for, for he your watches. Family watching that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just I think my dad has watched It's a Wonderful Life probably every Christmas of his life. So for him, that's like it is Christmas. a wonderful life. Yeah, for him, that's like his movie, Christmas yeah. movie. We watched like a decent number of Christmas movies over the Christmas period, but like most of them are more down to like just what's on TV. Like, okay, we're going to, we know there's a Christmas movie going to be on. We'll just turn on the TV and watch it. But is there one for you in particular that you only, like it's a movie you only usually see during Christmas or, or the holidays? I mean, I guess it's a wonderful life. Uh, Christmas Carol. Um, I really like yeah. the Jim Carrey one of it, the wow. more recent one. It's pretty good. You're in a kind of, probably I've in a minority there. Did you well like? Animated. Did you like the BBC dark remake of it last year? Oh, with, uh, um, I didn't see it. I must not have seen it. With Tom Hardy, right? Yeah, Tom Hardy in it. Yeah, it had a really good cast. It. Just like a dark, kind of more realistic take on the Christmas Carol. What voice did Tom Hardy have in it? Oh, just you know him. He can't do a. He can't do a normal voice. It's the greatest thing about Tom Hardy. He can't do a normal voice. 
if it's um, not just one voice like it, I, it would be bad if he could just do the bane voice like with every character like if he was if he was flying a spitfire in dunkirk just just i mean even must, at the bus we must gone. shoot down the bombers <laughs> but but uh, but but it's just that every single time he's got to do like there's that movie where he's the no I, I would prefer if he did alfie solomon's voice all the time yeah that's a good one now that would be a good voice to hear all the time he does love the, the in general like the deep growling voice like a big go-to for him something i watch i wouldn't really call it a film but something that's on is uh the snowman okay that will be it's a like reference a- Frank it's like a half an hour is, thing, I don't think. But... Is that the one yeah. with Michael Keaton? No, it's a <laughs> it's an animated movie, and it's about a snowman flying, and it has a very in the UK a very iconic song. song. We're walking in the air. Yeah, yeah. Which is was sung by a boy in very high pitch. A choir boy. <laughs> you know the movie I'm talking about, though. No. I think it's is the it, one where it's, is wait. it Batman Returns? Because that's no, I might one. butcher this, <laughs> but it's worth it alone for the butchering. I'm pretty sure it's a movie where the father dies and he gets reincarnated as the snowman out front of their house, and the kid like plays with the snowman who is now his father, and then they end up playing hockey together, and the snowman's like playing hockey with his son. <laughs> I've okay, I know the movie you're talking about, and I've only seen it because I watched like a YouTube. Like one of those things where they like make fun of the movie and they I watch that thing. And he like gets into it, like the son's being bullied and he like helps him like in a snowball. Jack Frost. That's the name of yeah. it. Jack yeah, yeah. Frost. Yeah. As a touring musician clinging to the dreams of stardom, aging rocker Jack Frost never had much time for his wife and young son. A year after Jack's tragic death in a car accident on Christmas Day, Charlie plays a mournful tune on his father's harmonica. Much to his surprise, the Elder Frost is magically brought to life as a snowman on the family lawn. Given a second chance, Charlie and Jack struggle to make up for lost time. That's also another interesting movie, because if I remember correctly, and I might also be butchering it in the way that that you might have, but I think there's a moment right when the the mother realizes that this there's this animated snowman and then she starts interacting with her dead ex-husband or dead husband in the and then like falls in love with him like his new personality as the snowman which when you really think about it is such a weird thing there's actually an x-rated version that never got released yeah you don't want to see what he does with the carrot <laughs> so Obviously, the the last thing we can touch on because everyone has to touch on it is the is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No, nope. I know. I think we all agree. No. What about Gremlins? I honestly haven't seen Gremlins since I was a kid, so I don't even know what the Christmas theme is with Gremlins. He buys it for Christmas, him right? for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, he buys no. him the Gremlin for Christmas, and it all takes place, I Over guess, Christmas. during. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just no, I don't I don't understand this idea. Like, that's more of a Christmas movie because then obviously Christmas is like a pretty key theme to the plot. But like, I don't understand this idea that if a movie takes place over a certain period of time, it then turns into like, mm. and I know that Die Hard Defenders for the Christmas movie point of view is like, but Home Alone has such a key, like, 
there's so much Christmas in Home Alone. Like it's everywhere yeah. in Home Alone. Neglecting a child. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like the whole movie is Christmas. Like there's Christmas decorations, there's Christmas music. The whole premise is they're going away for Christmas. Like every part of it, like there's the eventual being reunited and being happy. And like Christmas is everything. Die Hard is like, it's a Christmas work party. There's a terrorist attack. <laughs> like that's, that's it. Like there's no, there's no key or even all of the, even all of the, like, if instead of like yippee ki motherfucker, he'd been he, like the famous line was like, you know, like jingle bell, jingle bell, motherfucker. Like in that, in that instance, I could have been like, okay, Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an action film that is filmed at Christmas. Like it's not a Christmas. It's the same, I'd say, for Gremlins as well. It's- to me, and I know this is going to piss off because I know again that we've got listeners who are going to be, think that, that um die hard is a christmas movie but it has to me the evolution of die hard is a christmas movie is like the person it's the take of a person who doesn't have a personality who's trying to think of something interesting about themselves and so like their interesting in fact is like die hard is my favorite christmas movie oh wow what what an edgy person you are like wow you're so out there what a rebel you're suddenly fascinating like you have is that like is that like the boondock saints is my favorite movie (laughs) yeah like that to me it just stinks of that and then it's evolved into people being like no no no, but it is a christmas movie like come on guys and like there would be if if that it's got no christmas spirit it's got no. no christmas cheer Unless killing terrorists is is at the heart of Christmas. In which case, Zero Dark Thirty, my favorite Christmas movie. That's a good movie. (laughs) Just probably a Christmas scene somewhere in there. Don't remember the movie well enough, but I bet you there's a scene. You sure there's not like a scene where they're like in Afghanistan and they're like, well, it's Christmas Day, like Christmas Day, Kabul, 2008. (laughs) You know, and like some grumpy soldiers, like, "Oh, Merry Christmas!" Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too. There we go, Christmas movie. <laughs> There's the voice. There's his voice too. This voice. You know what's fun? one that I see here all the time around Christmas time. All the channels love to play Harry Potter as if Harry Potter is a Christmas movie. Which which one? Uh, all of them. They'll they'll play all of them because I think almost everyone has a Christmas scene in it. I think that was a theme oh, yeah, they tried the to idea keep through all they, of them. Yeah, because they do a full year in every movie, yeah. apart from the last two. And the only thing I, I enjoyed about that was that's the first time I've ever heard people say Happy Christmas. Yeah, which is very English. Yeah. It, it, I will say that's one of those things that really bothers me. My parents, for example, will say Happy Christmas. And to me, Happy Christmas is like such an un-Christmas gesture. Like it has to be Merry Christmas. And it really, really bothers me. Like when someone says Happy Christmas to me, it, it sucks whatever little Christmas spirit there is in me. It just sucks it right out of me. Well, there I, can't be much in you, to be honest. No. <laughs> I am going to get the biggest card and send it to you now. <laughs> I'll burn it. It will, oh. it will be it will add to my christmas fire so do you know what i'll, I'll appreciate that that will Didn't add to my that. christmas spirits you're nasty 
<laughs> I will toss it symbolically onto my fire on Christmas morning and then just say, Merry Christmas, Sam. And then hope that the the embers and the smoke float into the air and then make their way over to you and that you just get a tingle of Christmas spirit from me. I don't think Sam wants a tingle of anything from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. All right. So on that note, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end that and I'll save my happy Christmas for a few weeks from now. (laughs) Yeah. Probably next Monday, I guess. Right. We'll probably have to take a mini Christmas break. Yeah. So for our listeners hoping to have a Christmas message from us, they might have to hold because what next Monday is the the 21st. So they might have to save the episode, just space it out over a few days so that they can get our Christmas sign off right on Christmas morning. It can be the first thing that they wake up to. I would say I would say just split this episode into two, but if you listen to it this far, there's not much left to split. <laughs> okay stop now stop now and then finish the rest in another day well talk to you guys later see ya cheerio